Welcome back to Purposely Offside. Staying consistent on the intro music this week. You okay with this? Slowly becoming our theme song. Slowly. We feel like it's kind of... Unofficially. It's kind of upbeat. It's hip. We'll stick with it for now. I like it. There's some consistency in this show now. The song is consistent. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the intro. I think I like it. I think we got a winner. Nothing wrong with being consistent. No, I think we got a winner there. I really... I'm digging it. I'm digging that intro. I really... I really like it. I think we're going to go with it. So, week four of the Purposely Offside podcast. Just want to just want to thank everyone out there for listening. We got some... Uh, you know, we, we got some listeners. Um, you know, we're not breaking... We're not breaking charts or anything, but we got some listeners, and we appreciate you guys. Um, apparently, we have gone worldwide. Yeah, we uh, we did just find out something pretty interesting about our, our viewership, I guess, for the first few weeks, didn't we? Wasn't the market we intended on hitting, but it looks like we hit it. We actually got a viewer um, in the Bahamas, or a listener in the Bahamas, which is which is awesome. And what, what's this? Is this what you're playing for our, our viewer in the Bahamas? Yes. All right. Well, I mean, whoever you are out there, that one listener in the Bahamas, we, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Continue to listen. Continue to listen. Yeah, subscribe. Listen. Subscribe. Like. Like. Comment. Co- follow us on Instagram at purposely underscore offside. Email us, purposelyoffside at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at uh, PO Sports Talk. Um, and we, like I said, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate the listeners in, you know, right here in Canada, which makes up 99% of our listeners. A strong but, 99%. But hey, like we just, you know, hitting that Bahamas market, man. We, we hit the Bahamas market. You know, we got it. We got a listener there. That's cool. We're going worldwide. We're Mr. And Mr. Worldwide. Worldwide. No, it's not us. That's Pitbull. But, yeah, another edition. Big, big time sports talk topics today. Big time. We're not going to be able to run out of topics for at least the next three months. No, we, like, this is the best time of year. This is like Christmas if you're a sports fan. Yeah. Right? This is, uh, this doesn't get much bigger than this. This is the time of year the wives hate. This is the time of year the girlfriends hate. Because everything is on, we 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 don't we're doing our pre-show meeting. Everything, um, there's so much to talk about. Um, obviously, you know we're gonna be talking a lot about hockey because we got the playoffs coming up. Basketball, we got the playoffs coming up. The Masters coming up this next weekend. We got the NCAA finals tonight, tonight. for March Madness. Nine o'clock. Um, Pretty soon, we're gonna kind of squeeze in the Jays. And then we'll conclude with our three stars of the week. But there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, where, do you, where do you want to start? Leafs? Well, well I, I think you know where this is heading. We've got to talk about that team. Yeah, we've got, we got to talk about the Leafs. This is the biggest week of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, we'll get into them. We'll get into the uh, or our bracket. We're going to do a, a bracket, both of us. We're going to discuss the matchups in the first round. Uh, pick our winners, and um, and then go from there. Hopefully, maybe try to determine and predict a Stanley Cup winner. You good with that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we can go all the way. Yeah, we can go all the way. Think the Leafs are going to go all the way? 
Mm-hmm. We taking the Leafs in that bracket? You know, in my heart, I do every year. Yeah, in my heart, I take them every year too. But mm, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, game eighty two wraps up in Montreal this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right, the uh, Leafs losing the shootout. Uh, thoughts from the game? Uh, I don't know. They they score goals. I think we can take that away from the game. They they got some goals. Yeah. Some key players got goals. It turned into a bit of a, a back and forth game, from what I seen, like in, in terms of it being a shootout. But that was kind of, I, I kind of expected that being game eighty two. You know, the, the Habs just got eliminated the night before, so they had nothing to play for. Which was, if if you're a Leaf fan, you're ecstatic right now that the Habs mm-hmm. got eliminated. Me personally, it's too bad that it's too bad that we yeah. couldn't do it though. I, me personally, I really, I really wish it came down to Saturday night. Leafs Habs in Montreal. Montreal's backs against the wall. They needed needed a win, you know, to, to clinch or make the playoffs. And it really just it just turned into a nothing game in one night. You know, well, what the, could have been though, right? Like it was been. it was Bob Cole's last yeah, game. Exactly. It could have been much bigger than what it was. Um, it's always still a big game when Montreal faces Toronto, but what it could have been was the Habs needed the win to get into the playoffs. Bob Cole's last game calling um, or calling a game, who's just a legendary figure in the sports or the hockey world of, of broadcasting. Like just, I mean, what a legend he is. Um, I mean, what could have been, but, you know, still a 6-5 shootout thriller. Um, you know, Greg Millen kind of gave Bob Cole... You know the the opportunity to kind of call that whole shootout without Millen's narrative, just to kind of give him that that kind of send off moment, which was which was awesome. And um, you know, obviously the Leafs fall on the um, the bad end of the result, but who cares? There's been a lot of that. I think we've constantly been talking about them falling on the the bad end or results of games in the last week. But who cares? Who We're cares? playing Thursday. The Habs are not playing Thursday. That's it. At the end of the day, they they've been in the playoffs pretty much the entire season or in the playoff picture. Um, it's a clean slate, just like with every game or excuse me, every team. Now all that matters is you got 16 wins to win a cup. You got a few days off here to prepare for Boston. You got to fly to Boston. Yeah, with the minute you land there, all your thoughts are going to be on the Bruins if they haven't been the entire season. Let's go. This is the Let's second go. season now. Let's go. Let's boys. go. So, from the Montreal game, Gardner gets on the score sheet with that, which I think is pretty big. Yeah, because he he was away for what sixteen games. I see him. That's good. That's good news for for the Leafs. That's good for his confidence, if anything. Uh, Trevor Moore gets his second goal of the season. William Nylander gets his seventh goal of the season but I mean I think we're just looking for Nylander like you said about the fresh start he's the he's the face of the fresh start I think he needs the fresh start the most a goal in the last game of the season might be, you might be able to build a little bit of confidence off that Kapanen gets his 20th becomes the 8th 20 goal score of the season for, for the Leafs that's great for him it'd be good for him heading into a contract year which yeah. is which it is this year 20 goals for Kapanen. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, and he's quiet another, 20. Quiet, quiet 20, 20. And he's another guy who needs to get going a little bit because he's been cooling off towards the end of the season. He had a really, um, he was really good when he came into the lineup this year, when he started the year with the Leafs. Um, but I think we got we, those 19 goals. Um, they, they were, they were consistent that like he was consistently scoring. And then it seems like he tailed off for a bit. He got a little cold he scores his 20th on Saturday against Montreal. So hopefully that kickstarts him again because he can be an effective player. And obviously he's playing with Austin Matthews. 
um, who also needs to be an effective player as well. So um, the last thing I want to say about the regular season is last Monday's game against the Islanders because we, you know, we called our, our episode last week, win it for Johnny. And Johnny won it for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't need any help on that, on that end. He, uh, he, he took over. Well, it's a team game. I'm just joking. It's a team game. Um, win it for Johnny. They, they got a win in Long Island. They kind of rectified that 6-3 loss they suffered a month ago. Um, and Tavares gets the winning goal. I thought that was a big win for them. How about you? Well, they, you know, talk about the perfect um, sort of response to that game. We even talked about it on the podcast. Like, you know, it wasn't as hostile uh, of an environment as it was the first game, obviously. Does that matter? Um, well, I mean, I thought they might have put a, a bit more on them. They were, they were still, they were still on them. You know, they, they were still chasing yeah, them. Still. still, you know. We saw that idiot in the... Uh in the penalty, oh, box. The penalty box. Beside yeah, the, who sat penalty. beside the penalty box? But, they were I mean, still on. What a response by John. I mean, he comes in and he he was just fire from the start. I mean, I, I was watching the game and, and I I think I counted. He didn't. I don't think he lost a single face off in the entire first period. No. He, he won every he won every face off. He came out guns blazing, and he, you know it was his game. And you like mentioned, he won it for himself, and he won it for the Leafs. You know, it was just icing on the cake that he came in and scored the game winner too. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it was a team game. They they won it as a team. They all, but he, won, but he got the winner, and then yeah, yeah, he he got the winner there. All class is John Tavares. I can't speak enough good things about this guy. Like he's he's been everything. He's worth every penny we paid for him. That eleven million dollars is worth every penny of it. Yeah. And um, he, him, Marner, have been our most consistent players in the season. Um, and we, we hope they can continue that momentum going, um, going into the playoffs. Um, 54% was Tavares on the draws this year on faceoffs. So, um, I mean, that's, that's a decent number. Hopefully he continues that. Hopefully, hopefully he continues, five. yeah. Hopefully he continues to score. Hopefully they continue to generate because... Um, we're going to need everybody here. We're, I mean, obviously, we're going to need those guys. We're going to need Marner and, and Tavares, but we're going to need everybody to chip in here um, because this is going to be a, a tough series. So let's focus our attention on the playoffs. All right, the playoffs. You know, we're not going to talk about the season anymore. We're here. This is a chance at redemption. How do you feel? Are the Leafs ready? Um, I sure hope so. <laughs> They're going to have to be here. This one's going to be over very quickly. Um, you know, Babcock's always spilled over the same confidence in his team over the entire season. I mean, yeah, you can you can make the excuse that, you know, they, they've had the playoffs on their mind for, for quite a while, say at least a couple months. And, you know, the, the, the Boston uh, matchup narrative started really early because both teams weren't really – you know, going anywhere in terms of the standings, it was pretty stagnant for the whole season. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if you if you are an athlete, uh, uh, I think you know that does play a bit in terms of your your men- mentality and like your focus, like for the rest of the season. Like like you, you know, like if if you've ever played a sport or if you're involved in anything, if you know that you're you know you've you've accomplished a goal in terms of like making the playoffs or knowing your opponent you you do sort of tend to sort of lose focus on the season a bit and sort of, of you know because there's no motivation there like yeah. you don't you don't have to play for anything and they, and they haven't really been playing for much for at least the last two months so i think that um you know 
them having, I would say, like half a week off to sort of focus and rest and shift gears to the playoffs. I think as a professional athlete, I think they have the ability to just switch that focus. You think they can switch on? You think they can just turn it on? I on think Thursday they. Night? I, I think they will because one, they have the coaches that will prepare them. I think Babs has been preaching this since he, you know, has either been a coach in the league or uh, has been a coach of the Leafs. The majority of their team, if not all of their team, has played in the playoffs already. If not, they've had mul- even the younger guys have had multiple playoff runs already, so they should have the experience and the knowledge and the preparation to prepare themselves physically and mentally. And they also have more of a veteran presence this year too. Like if you think about it, they brought in Muzzin, a guy who's won a cup. He's been on lengthy cup runs Mm -hmm. with LA, played with veteran players most of the time. Uh, John Tavares doesn't have much playoff experience being with the Islanders, but he's been through um, some big games. Like he's been through Olympics. He's been through... Um, you know, yeah, playoff he's been in series games, yeah. with uh, with New York and other games throughout his life. You know, and then you have the rest of those veterans like the Marlows and and the Hainsies who who have been there and have lengthy careers. So I think, you know, what's going to matter is is a, a mixture of all those guys, their coaching and their veterans and their and their and their playoff experience uh, as a team is gonna is gonna help them. So I think they're I think they should be more prepared than in prior years especially with having playing Boston last year because they they know the team they're facing inside and out so I, I I have a tough time believing that they can just turn it on because I, I am a believer that you got to get you got to get into some good habits bottom line they, they haven't really looked like a playoff team in the last month but that being said what about um, the game against the Islanders though but the game that was, against, yeah. that was a but pretty much a, as close of a playoff it was, atmosphere as you It was a get. close it was it was a very defensive game. It was a closely checked game. Yeah. I and you know what? And then you even look at Tampa Bay. Um, you know, that it's not like they got blown out, but right now what I'm concerned with is when they decide to play that um, when they decide to play defensively responsible, when they decide to, they can't really score. And that's what concerns me, because yeah. you don't you don't want to run and gun in the playoffs. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get torched. Um, mind you, they score five goals when they run and gun, but like was the case in Montreal on Saturday, they let in five. Well, they let in six uh, with the shootout, but they let in five goals in regulation. So that that's the thing that's concerning me right now is is the balance in their play. Yeah. Is is where they when they focus on one area, they lose in another. Um, do I think they're ready? Like you said, I think they have to be. They, they better be. Um, the, the habits, the bad habits maybe they've, they've gotten in the last month does concern me. But I, I, I think it's, it's do or die for this team. Uh, obviously, that's what the playoffs are about. It's do or die. Um, it's not do or die in the sense that if they don't win now, they're not going to win in the future. I don't, I'm not a believer in that. But um, they, they need to get mentally prepared. Because I think this is this is half the battle against the Bruins is being mentally prepared for a team that, um, for some reason, you you just can't beat in the playoffs, and arguably in this in the regular season this year too. But uh, we know that means nothing because the Leafs went three with three and one against them last year and lost in, and lost in seven. Um, but I look at a team like Tampa and I see Tampa Bay as a team who has basically clinched home ice since. December. They're they're they had nothing to play they're for. In a, so they're why? In a bit of, uh, 
a different spot than the Leafs are at the moment. And they and they've talked about it before. Like even Babs has said it too. Like Tampa is the team that the Leafs are striving to be. Right. Like Tampa is ready to win a cup now. Like yeah. And we're going to talk about it, but um, I'll say it now. My Tampa is my pick to win the cup this year. Wow. Well, we're going to have to agree on it because we're doing it together. Yeah. Like, th- you're talking about a team that is ready to win a cup right now, and I don't think the Leafs are at that point yet. So I think that that's the, that's the difference between cup-ready teams and teams who are on the fringe mm-hmm. is those teams that they just know how to win, they put their foot in the gas, and they don't let up. And Tampa's an interesting story because um, this has essentially been like a 10-year plan for Tampa. They, they, they made the cup final the one year against the Blackhawks. Then they failed to make the playoffs the next year, right? So they've missed the playoffs a few times in between some years of success. But they, they kept their eye on the, you know, the big goal here. Mm-hmm. And I think now they're reaping the benefits of that. They got they had a lot of young prospects, good players coming up while developing what they had in Stamkos, Kucherov, and, and those players. Um, spoiler alert: I'm not taking them to go to the Cup because uh, I don't know when the last time a President's Trophy winner has ever won a Cup. Um, but I don't know if they have. And I'm not about to say that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning for me. Yeah, they've been the most consistent. But I don't know if adversity has really struck that team this year. And the question is, can they deal? I mean, can they deal with um, adversity when it does hit them in the playoffs? And uh, I gotta say, that first round matchup against Columbus um, tougher than people think. We'll get to that later, though. Sticking on the Leafs, this is a huge series for a variety of reasons. You you do want that chance at redemption because. I mean, we, in 2013, it was the 4-1, it was right there. Last year, 4-3 going into the third period, it was right there for the Leafs. What's it going to take to beat the Bruins this time around? Or, or sorry, what's it going to take to beat the Bruins? Not this time around because they've never done it in the playoffs. They haven't done it in the playoffs um, in this era. But what's it going to take to beat the Bruins? A little bit of fortitude, a little bit of I think they're, aggressiveness, I think, yeah, a little bit of showing that you care. Like, what's it going to take to beat the Bruins? Are we, this is a huge series for a lot of reasons. Because it, it could mean potential loss of jobs at both the player and, and coach's level. Yes, I went there. Um, it could mean people on the hot seat. Throw the GM in there, although I think his job is safe. Throw Babcock in there. It's a big series for a lot of reasons because it's about that time that the Leafs start winning a playoff series. Mm-hmm. The playoff format, whatever, we don't like it. This is it is what it is. What's it going to take to beat the Bruins? I think you 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 mentioned it just a few seconds ago. It's it's going to take them finding that balance between. Like you said, turning it on and and playing run and gun hockey and being defensively sound. Like good teams play balanced hockey, both offensively and defensively. The Leafs have yet to find that to find that game yeah. where they can consistently take care of their own end, which that's the biggest killed issue. them in game one and two in Boston. Turnovers. Not taking care of their own end, having terrible breakouts, turning the puck over and leading it to turnovers and goals. Um, for, for me, it's taking care of their own end first and having cons- you know consistent play in their end because that that's just 
killed them. Like the forecheck, the forecheck of the Bruins versus the defensive play of the Leafs in their own end is going to be is going to it's good, that's going to win the series, right? The winner loses the series is going to be the play in their own end and defending the and defending the forecheck of the Bruins. And and we know like we, like you've watched playoff hockey for a while. The first night of the playoffs, they're banging bodies everywhere. Yeah. So you know the Leafs are going to get pumped in the corners against the boards. Like, the Bruins are going to come out flying on home ice. They're going to play heavy. They're going to play very, very, very heavy. And are the Leafs – like, are they mentally prepared for that? Like, I – you know, this is a team they – they're they're used to the Bruins. They face them four times a year. They face them in the playoffs last year. But, like – it's all you feel like they should be prepared for that because if we if we can sit here and say oh the Bruins are going to come play a heavy hockey they're going to come out running for you they know that too so they got to mentally prepare themselves because one thing we've seen over the course of this year is that when a team brings that physical aspect when they bring that physical game when they bring that heavy game they shy away they go away yeah they they don't like it I think they just have to they just have to come out right from the start and start throwing the body. So that yeah, throwing, throwing throwing the Bruins game right back at them. They they were who's going to do that though? They got to have your bigger guys. You got to have the Cadres. You got to have um, Cadres. Yeah, I would even say you know guys like uh, Muzzin. Muzzin. Muzzin's got to set the tone on D. He's a big boy. Yeah. Ainsy, like those those big veteran like men that they have on there. I don't think you're going to see guys like uh, like Dermot or. Or Gardner come out and just play this physical game because it's not really what their their game is. But but Kapanen's a but player Kapanen, I see that Kadri, he plays on the line, like yeah. he plays on the edge. Muzzin, which is a, probably a big reason why they brought him in because he played that big physical. He played that big physical hockey with LA, and that's what led them to their cups. So I think um, you know th- those guys really got to step in and set the tone from the start. Having Gardner and Dermot back in this lineup is huge. I think even getting Gardner in a couple games was massive because this team just wasn't the same without Gardner and Dermott. I'd argue that this team looked they looked worse with Gardner and Dermott out of the lineup than they did with Matthews out of the lineup. Because oh, just yeah. defensively they were not yeah. they, they're not deep at all to begin no. with. You need Gardner and Dermott, thank goodness they are back in the lineup. You need those players going forward and having them in ready to go. They got some games under their belt to end the season. I like that makes all the difference in the world for, for Toronto. For the Leafs, um, but where like you're right, they they, they got to be the ones to come out Thursday yeah. with aggressiveness. They got to take the body. They got to be physical. Um, let's face it. You look at this team, the Leafs, top to bottom. They're much more skilled than the Bruins, top to bottom. You look at the line combinations, the skill. They're much more skilled than the Bruins. What the Bruins have going for them is the fact that they're in the Leafs' heads, and they're a much tougher team. Yeah. But in the playoffs, that's that that's huge. That's everything. They also have home ice. Yeah. Which is which is what you play for as well. So I think playoff hockey. They, they, you know they say well, Leafs didn't really they didn't put up a fight for home ice. No. And that was the issue we had. No. And that and that could really come back to haunt them again. Is you know setting the tone in, in game one and two and having the fans in it because you know let's face it the Boston fans they're they're you know deeply passionate in their teams they're all their sports teams you know they are always on the Leafs when they're in town and you know let's face it they're gonna come out and absolutely harass the Leafs especially just based on their history. So let's look at the series against Boston, like we have been doing. 
And like, let's go over some keys to success. One is you got to play an aggressive style of hockey. Yeah. We know that's not their game, but you, you just got, you got to turn it up a little bit. You got it. Stop being soft. Physical. Like let, let's get going here. It'd be nice to see Matthews start throwing the body a bit. He's, he's a big it. boy. He's you want to be the captain? Big boy. Set the tone. That's it. I think, I think you'll see Tavares is a gritty player and he, you know, he loves, he loves digging in the trenches. So I think you'll see him play a lot more physical too. Like he was playing yeah. a pretty physical game when he played against the Islanders. Yeah, he I was. I think you're going to, you're going to see him become a, a lot more grittier of a player. And, but he uh, already has that gritty element, gritty element yeah. to him. He gets in those dirty areas. How many, how many greasy goals has Tavares lot, got in the crease? Most of, most of them, right? Like that's what he's there for. He's been doing that consistently yeah. all year. Matthews is the guy. Great stick checker. Throw the body a little bit. Set that example yeah. for those around you. You want to be the captain? Here's an opportunity yeah. for you to, to um, impress in other ways. Not just your skill. Not just your stick checking. Not just your scoring ability. Not just your shot. Hit some bodies. Like just rub rub some bodies out. You know, it, be physical. Don't shy away from the physicality. Be physical. <laughs> um, so let's look at some other keys to success. Let's stick on Matthews. Matthews has got to be better than what he's shown us. Over the last month of the season, March he had two goals and three assists. In the month of, month of March, um, he finishes the season, I believe, with seventy three points, which is good. Um, but he also finishes the year with a minus nine. Now I know plus minus people don't care about it that much anymore. I do. I think there's something to say about a minus nine, especially when you got players like Tavares uh, and Marner who are, um, you know, big time into the plus thing. Tavares is a plus nineteen. He, he's he's going to have some hard matchups in in the playoffs. Um, we don't know who he's going to get yet, but you know he's going to get a lot of attention, Austin Matthews. We don't know if that big line of Boston is going to be on Matthews or on, on the Tavares line. But um, I think one of the keys to success, um, just building off the whole idea of Austin Matthews, is that the you know obviously he's got to show up. Okay, he's got to be the dominant Austin Matthews that we know he is, the one that can just turn a whole game um, around and just we've seen it when he dominates, he's unstoppable. But it's it's getting to that level. It's it's getting him a little bit angry. It's getting him a little pumped up. So obviously he's a factor here. He needs to be better uh, than what he's shown in the last month. And I think he will be. Again, this is all we'll see. We're going to see what happens. But the fact that, you know, Boston is that top-heavy team, another key to success is the fact that Leafs got, they got two lines who can roll and score. It's pathetic. Arguably three. Arguably three. Uh, the line combinations uh, at practice today, if I can just pull them up here, line combinations for the Leafs, you had, you know, your usual line, Hyman, Tavares, Marner. Line two, Janssen, Matthews, Kapanen. Line three, Marlowe, Kadri, Nylander. Those are three lines. You can't tell me the Bruins can put three lines together like that. Just off skill. Just based off skill alone, those are three really big lines. I think that the line for me, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know talk about matchups and you know a line that could determine a series, especially in the playoffs, because everybody talks about depth. Um, and how depth wins you cups. I think that Marlowe, Kadri, and Nylander line is going to um, really, really have an effect on how this series plays out. Because if they get going, especially, like you said, Nylander, 
Kadri's been slumping a bit. Marlowe's been that those guys if they can turn it on in the playoffs and and just outperform the throw, whether it's like a Bacchus line or something like that, yeah. then they have the opportunity to come in and steal the series for these guys. Because usually it is depth players and those low end uh, third or fourth line guys that end up winning a series, a game. Um, even a cup like you saw Washington last year. So depth plays a huge part in that. And I think if there's one line that you're going to call out and say like they, they could end up changing a series, yeah, there's all the focus is going to be on the Tavares and the Matthews line. But I think that third line yeah. can really, really be a game changer for them this year. That line might be, as a whole, the X factor. Yeah. Maybe Kadri or Nylander might be the X factor here. Because we know that the top line is going to see either Tavares the Tavares line or the Matthews line. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the type of player that Tavares is and that Matthews is. It's For Matthews, it's just about showing up. So we know that Matthews might get a second line on him, the second line of the Bruins on him. We know that Tavares even might get the second line of the Bruins on him, which means that one of those lines should be able to outperform that Bruins' second line. Okay, Because relatively they're a top-heavy team. And that goes back to the third line. Nazem Kadri is a good third line center. Not many teams to have um, can throw out a third line center like Nazem Kadri, a guy who's gritty, who can hit and can score. Um, I mean, with Kadri right now, it's about him getting getting his game back. I think he's lost a little bit. But absolutely, that line is one of the keys to success, especially if Willie Nylander can get back to where he was last year. Just looking at the. Uh, 985 the sports hub just uh they posted an article about the what the bruins lineup might look like in game one uh their third line right now they're predicting it's going to be danton heinen uh charlie Coyle, and chris wagner so that line very favorable matchup but that line against marlo kadra nylander if they can show up and be the players that they are and that we know they are, they should be able to do some work against that line. But if the Bruins come out and bang bodies and they take shots at Nylander and Kadri and they shy away, that doesn't matter. That skills out the window. Yeah, they had some big bodies on that line too, but I mean... But you look at, if you... A little bit of, physica- a little bit of physicality yeah. from some of these players on the third line and you throw in the skill that they have and they let's face it, they outskill that line you just talked about. Oh, yeah. That's that's a that's a good matchup for the third line. Like that's that, that's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're you're way more skilled than they are. You should be able to work the puck, work the cycle, get some goals, and produce. Because that's there's no competition there. That we have a way better line. Than what the Bruins, the way better third line than what the Bruins are going to throw out. At the end of the day, it's just a matter of you're going to show up, you're going to show up or what. That's all it is. Let's uh, let's hope they're engaged. Let's hope they come to play. Because you know our depth on forward has been what's has been our bread and butter all year. Let's make it work for us. What's what's the Bruins? Does it say what the Bruins' uh, first and second lines might look yeah, like? Yeah, it's really juicy. Like these matchups are going to be really close and really 
intense. So they get their line one, obviously Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. Which you think is going to go on Tavares, Hyman, Marner? I believe so. Because their second line is DeBrusque, Krejci, and Marcus Johansson. Decent line, but Decent Matthews, line Janssen, Kappen is still the better line to me. Yeah. DeBrusque, DeBrusque torched the Leafs last year in sort of like his coming out party. Yeah, uh, in the playoffs and yeah, the game, well. game seven too. But um, Krejci has always killed the Leafs too. He's been a Leaf killer since he he you know was with the Bruins. But he like said these these first two lineups, whether they're gonna line match or they're gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna shake up the lines. I don't know. So, what percentage do you give that the Bergeron line is gonna be on the Tavares line, or do you think it's I, just by I, game by game basis? I think I would give it. For game one, I think it's going to be a 99% chance that they go up against the first line. That's um, a good – and Tavares and Burr versus Bergeron is a fantastic yeah, matchup to And watch. then you'll have Marchand. I think Marchand against Hyman. Hyman. And, well, and Pasternak yeah. and Marner. That, that, like, that matchup right there. It's great okay, matchup. So those two lines are just fan- – they're going to be fantastic to yeah. watch if that's the case. Yeah, very Very evenly matched. Very evenly matched. And you can argue that it, it, either way it goes, even if Bergeron's on Matthews, like the Matthews versus Bergeron, it would even be a good match as well. Like that'd be something to watch also. Like, and I think that'd be a great test for, for, for Matthews. So I, I think we can point to that third line and say that third line is crucial for Toronto. You get that third line going, you get some production from that third line, that can make all the difference in the world in the series. If, if. I, th- I think it will be a... Uh, uh, a very important matchup. So we're not going to throw out our predictions now. Okay, we'll, we'll wait in the next segment when we go into our bracket. Um, but just to review, keys to this series is get aggressive, be physical, come out, get after it, get after the Bruins, and maybe Kadri and Nylander are those X factors. That third line is an X factor for this mm-hmm. team. Anything else? I, I also think their I think their power play is going to be huge. Hundred percent. Because if they're struggling defensively, and you know if they're gonna if they're gonna want to play a more tighter defensive game, their power play has to perform. Their power play struggled. Yeah. For the last two months. Yeah. It has. They're, they they have the to. They have to capitalize on the Bruins' mistakes. And they have to capitalize on the power play. They, they have to come out and be that power play that they were at the beginning of the year. Um, and they, they have to be dominant because they, you know. They, they look nothing like how they looked at the beginning of the year. And I think a lot of it's because of repetitiveness. They kind of seem like they go back to the same thing. Matthews on that left-hand side with a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, include some more point shots. They get some point shots in there. Get some traffic in front of that. You're going to have to get some dirty goals. That's the playoffs, man. You know, teams are, teams are watching film. They know what you do. Change things up a little bit. I think that's what we can say about the Toronto power play. Maybe they'll see some success. But you're right. That's that's a, that's a key to success as well. Um, the the penalty kill. That that's got to be effective. You know, Bruins it's are been gonna, good. Bruins, it's been good. It's Bruins been good. are going to get their share. The penalty kill has got to be good. Um, but I agree. The power play is the one that concerns me because it hasn't looked that great. In this, in a, in, honestly, in about two months, mm-hmm. two months, I, I, it hasn't looked the same. Um, how this kind of a, this is kind of a stupid question. How good does Freddie Anderson have to be in this series? 
he, I think he's going to have to be the the ultimate X factor for them to win the series. Like this, he you, have, you don't win. You don't win in the playoffs without amazing goaltending. He, he's got to be. There can't be question marks about Freddie Anderson. He has to come out and be the 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 Freddie Anderson that he was. I think last year, and I think that he has for, been for most of the season. And I know he struggled in this past two weeks, three yeah, weeks. He's shown flashes, but, but he's shown like the Islander game. He was good. And he's shown flashes like, yeah. of uh, being back into his his old and usual yeah. good habits. He's got to stand on his head. We obviously know. I think that's a dumb question because we know that Anderson is the MVP of this team. Over Tavares? No, no, no. Yeah. Anderson is the MVP of this team. The MVP is the person that you take out of the lineup and your team is not the same. Mm-hmm. Right? You take Tavares out of the lineup, to still con- the team can still compete. You take Freddie Anderson out of the lineup, you put Garrett Sparks or Hutchin, this team is, isn't even going anywhere. Yeah, they'll be on. They'll they'll lose in four. Freddie Anderson's the MVP of the Leafs. He has to be outstanding. Little mistakes. Um, you're gonna need. We know. We all know. When the game's in Boston, he's gonna have to deliver those 40, 45 save performances. It's gonna happen. Um, is he gonna have multiple ones of those? Who knows? Is he gonna need to have multiple 40, 45 save performances? Let's hope not. But I think I think he's pretty rested. He's rested. Freddie's ready to go. He's got to be the MVP that he is. And, and that's someone who's... He's got he's to outperform Tuka Rask, which I think is very possible as well because Tuka Rask isn't, he doesn't look that good going into the playoffs either. Um, this, is, this, is Freddie's, this is Freddie's team. This team only goes as far as Freddie Anderson, as far as far as I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Um, obviously, yeah, we need goals. We need uh, Tavares, Matthews to get goals. We need Lander. All those guys got to chip in and get goals. But this team is only going as far as Freddie Anderson, and how good he'll be. Um. So yeah, obviously he's a huge key. He's the key to success in the playoffs. Babs. Mike Babcock is um, is Mike Babcock going to be on the hot seat? I mentioned that I kind of teased this earlier. Is he going to be on the hot seat if the Leafs lose against the Boston Bruins? If they get killed by the Boston Bruins, like if they lose in it's got to be five or six games. I don't think it would be. I don't think he's on the hot seat in terms of just outright being fired. Um, if they if they don't win this series, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him next year. Um, I don't think there's going to be any any talk. But is there any situation any, where he's going to be on the hot seat? Because I'm with you. I think, fired, I think I think to it, be fired or potentially you know start that talk. I think the talk's already there. The talk's on. You hear there's talk today. Def, Dave Festchuk mentioned it on uh, TSN. He's like, this might be the last playoff series for Mike Babcock if he doesn't win. Now, I, I'm with you. I'm I don't with you. agree with If that. this goes six or seven. I don't. If this goes six or seven, Leafs are competitive in some games, but they lose in six or seven. I'm with you. He's got a leash into next year. How about if they get like swept in four, losing five, get totally outplayed? Or like, does that make, does the way they lose make a difference yes. on Mike Babcock? 
I, I can't see, first of all, I'm just going to throw it. I can't see any scenario where he gets fired. No, no chance. And not start the year as the, no, as the head coach. No, no chance. But does, but you know, Leafs nation, I know Leafs nation. We're, we're weird, man. I know. I think Leafs fans are weird. I, Leafs story. Yeah. The organization's weird. I think in terms of that, there's just a little bit of a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, like that's uh, what I mean. That, that's that what we do. We overreact. Talking about firing him and being like, look at look at See, look at their purposely offside. Look at their past. Look at their history since he became a coach. Look at the playoffs in their first year after they drafted Austin Matthews. Yeah, look I, at the record. You can't say okay if, if this is like a you know there were there was talk about John Cooper being on the hot seat. Potentially, if Tampa doesn't win the cup this year, which again I think it's crazy because you look at the season they had. Yeah, they they've had they regressed a bit. They had past past playoff failures, but I still think it's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean to talk about Mike Babcock being fired for not winning this series, I think is it's blasphemy. I think it's I think it's outrageous um, because you know you you're you're. The the fans and the, and the team they've been starving to get to a point like this, and they've been starving to have a coach like this coach their team. And now that they're okay. at this okay. point, and you're now you're just talking about we haven't even got started. They haven't even hit the peak yet. I want to play devil's advocate. How good of a coach is Mike Babcock? I think he's as good as advertised. You're talking about a guy who's won multiple Olympics, has won. Cups, Kochka teams. There's a lot of talk of him inheriting. Or you could have won with those Olympic teams. And look what, look and what the, look it at the takes job. someone to manage also, the guys. Look at, it, it the, takes look at the job he's done with, with the Leafs. Look at the job that he's done in a short amount of time. Right. It's got to take a pretty damn good coach to turn that team around in as few years as he's done. So he's, he's got to be as good as advertised. I'm telling you right now, though, and you know this deep inside. If the Leafs, if these things don't happen, like if Matthews doesn't come to show up, if this team can't score, if the power play doesn't click, the, the idea of Mike Babcock not being able to get this team ready and the idea that Mike Babcock has lost the room and lost the players, that is going to be the narrative this summer. I'm sure if they if they have a really poor performance and they get swept, a poor performance is kind of what I'm looking at here. Like that's I'm what sure. I'm looking at. If they lose in six or seven, I'm happy. Well, that's pretty. I'm sick. not happy, but it's not happy at the point that you know you're talking about firing Mike Babcock. If they are embarrassed, if they get swept, if they're losing, you know, if they start like if they lose game six, even if they like even if they lose in six. Let's say they lose. It all depends on let's how, say they lose they, in six. how badly that is. If they're close games, overtime games, hard fought games, right. and they just can't squeak one out, right. he's fine. He's fine. If you're talking about they lose in six and they lose 6 1, yeah, 7 2, that's completely like that's, different. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, what? But, what's, uh, like, could you see a scenario where he is fired going no, into next year? No. No scenario. No. Because their their team's not at the point where you can fire a coach for for having a pay, playoff failure. Their 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 defense is atrocious. They still have to rebuild from the back end. It's not like you have a a cup contender like mm-hmm. a like if you were to go well, in and say you're John Cooper, you have Tampa Bay, well, you won in the Presidents Trophy, and you cup get contend- swept. They are a cup contender. I don't I don't see that. I don't think they're at that point yet. I don't think they're in that. Now, just to clarify, I'm 
in no me. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I am in by no means in the we should fire Mike Babcock if the Leafs have a poor performance. Um, I, I'm in by no means advocating that and saying that's what I think will happen or I want to happen. I'm just getting the conversation going here because we know that Leaf fans are a little. Oh, we're a little out there. We we over, like you said. We overreact. We panic. And if I'm already seeing the narrative now, like the 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 the, the foundation is being built on this narrative and i'm not saying that i'm in favor of it but dude it's it's realistic but but if but you of all people too should know that do you think that this is again just some overreaction some fabrication by the media just to throw some heat on this team like they like they've done in the past and they have been since we've been alive or like do you feel like that is the the thought I, and the hope that like that are, the fans are actually feeling. I think you think that they actually truly feel that he is on the hot seat. I think when you factor in that this team hasn't looked like a playoff team in about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think when you factor in the the inconsistent play of Austin Matthews, who's supposed to be this team's franchise player. The fact that he finished like a minus nine, the fact that that Babcock had to go to his house after last season and kind of like smooth things over, smooth the relationship over because we heard there was some disagreements with ice time. I think when you factor all of that in, the and then maybe you factor in the Leafs getting embarrassed this year, like those are a lot of things. Those are a lot of things you can point to that say, okay, well, maybe Mike Babcock's not the guy for this team. I just can't see him seeing them at the point they're at right now with this team. I don't see them being able to step in and re- just replace them with another coach. And I agree. If you, the the one guy who I could have, who I would have thought that could be could step in and replace a Mike Babcock would be Joel Quinville, yeah, and he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He went to Florida. He's gone to Florida. He's gonna go down to Florida, bathe in that sun, post up at Del Boca Vista. Shout out to Seinfeld. <laughs> And just full of green. cruise, cruise for the rest of his career because no one's watching hockey down there. Yeah. No, if he wins a cup, they're not even gonna know his name is. They want to, like Joe Quinville is again. He's a perfect gig in Florida. Yeah, perfect. Gig. I'm really shocked. And they have a good team. Like Florida's a good team. They're a good team. I'm I'm really shocked because I never, I never ever would have expected him to to go to Florida. I thought maybe he would have waited until the off season see if there's any other coaching vacancies that might open up. And then maybe have his pick of the litter because look at him. He's he's a, he's a, one of the most accomplished coaches in the league at the moment. And yeah, you know he's he's at that point in his career where obviously he's he's a bit of an older guy too. He's a, a really seasoned coach, and he's very accomplished. So I think he could have just had his pick of the litter and taken really any job that that would have opened up for him and maybe even a better spot. But do you find I'm really it shocked that he he took that job? Do early. you find it interesting that he did not for potentially taking an Edmonton job? That's one of the places I thought that I thought would come knocking. They did. Well, I think they expressed. I think they expressed some interest, um, and you know we don't really know. There hasn't really any, nothing's really come out to say that um, they for sure want a Quinville. But I mean, how can you not want Quinville if you're looking for a coach? Yeah. How can you not want John Quinville? We can just assume that he. That or maybe you're, you're right. He's at the point where he just wants that, like, to coast off into the sunset. No pun intended. But. Well, I, I think if you're looking at a product that's ready to, re- to, to that's ready to win now, Florida Panthers are ready to win More. now than the Edmonton Oilers are. 
I do find it interesting how um, he opted not to go to a team as the best player in the world. Yeah, that's interesting. But when you look at Florida, like Barkov, Huberto, they're a good team. Ekblad, like they're a good team. They they might even sign Bobrovsky in the offseason. They might even sign. Uh, there's rumors they might sign Panarin. Anyway, we're getting off topic with Florida. You mentioned that Joe Quimble is like the only guy you can see replacing Mike Babcock, like to coach the Leafs. Yeah, or who would be someone at 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 or. His level. At or above his, his level, level yeah. in terms of, um, you know, coaching and, and his accomplishments. So um, I don't really see them, you know, looking to make that change. I think it's I think it's ridiculous at this point. Again, I want to reiterate, I am not saying the Leafs should fire Mike Babcock mm-hmm. or will fire Mike Babcock. Because, you know, those who are listening out there might think that. What I'm saying is get ready because if the Leafs don't win – this series, let me rephrase that. If the Leafs get embarrassed in this series, the talk is going to be there. And the talk's already started. I personally think he'll have a leash going into next year, even to next postseason. Um, but I've seen, we've all seen people run out of town. We've seen good coaches run out of town. Paul Maurice was a good coach. Right, obviously, it wasn't on Mike Babcock's level, but we've seen coaches, good coaches, run out of town. Right? Um, just don't be surprised if that if that narrative comes up, or sorry, if that narrative gains steam because it's already kind of yeah. seeping its way into the media. And, th- and that's what makes me, you know, sit back and and say, wait a second, you know, this has happened in the past. This overreaction, you know, there, here we go with this media overreaction, and, and like I said, let's face it, there, there, there's always pressure on this team. They're always under a microscope. Nothing's going to change, but I honestly think that all the pressure in this offseason is going to be on Dubis. I don't think it's going to be on Babcock. You know, like again, the product is what the product is. They're in the middle of this process, but this, and I said it last last podcast too, this offseason is going to shape the direction of the Toronto Maple Leafs for the next five years. And you want to talk about pressure or somebody who should be put under the microscope and who should be on the hot seat, it's got to be Kyle Dubas. You wanted this job. You came into this job as the hotshot young GM. You went out, you got John Tavares. You went out and started making these deals. You're starting to throw this money at all these players. Yeah. The microscope's got to be on him this offseason. It can't be on any of the players, and it can't be on Babcock. It's got to be on Dubas. And that's just because we got to close this convo on the Leafs. We just we, we rant about the Leafs, eh? I think they're our favorite team or something. I think so. I think so. But when I was talking about Mike Babcock, what I forgot to mention, what you just reminded me of, how about the whole rift between him and Dubis? That's another thing you can add into that category. Dubis never hired Babcock. So, like I said... I'm not saying he, I, I agree with this. I'm not saying I think Babcock should be fired. I'm just saying the Toronto market, baby. We all know what it is. And we all know there's pressure. And with that pressure comes very unrealistic or not uncharacteristic decisions uh, and sometimes crazy decisions that might be made or that have to be made because a team is not fulfilling their full potential. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, you want to do a bracket? Let's do it. All right. Well, why don't we start the Leafs and Bruins? 
It's obviously we're let's go right back. It's obviously, let's go right where back. we're gonna start. No, we don't. Like, we just <laughs> spent the first fifty minutes analyzing it, so I think we can just go with our winners. Let's make a prediction. Let's go. So um, let me just write this down, uh, and I'll post it on our. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll post it on Instagram for our um, fans in Canada and fans in the Bahamas to see. Um, but let's go Leafs Boston. Who who are we taking? We all know. I mean, my heart's in one place all, yeah. and my brain is in the other. Oh well, I would say let's let's do these predictions with our brain. I'm gonna take Boston. Are we gonna go? Like, are we gonna go in you how take many games? Number of games. Like, just for the first round. Like, once we yeah. get into a second round, we don't have to do in how many games because we don't even know if that's the matchup. But maybe first round. Let's just say in how many games. Judging by how this team has been playing in the last month or so, um, I. I, I know I said a sweep, but I think Boston's going to win in five. Are you serious? Yeah. I think Boston's going to win in five. Boston. I really hope not. But that's, you said we're so picking, you with, they're picking with our brains. No, so you don't have, hearts. so basically what you're telling me. I think the Leafs, I think they come Is out. Is that Babcock's going to be fired? No. <laughs> I'm, just sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I think they, I think they lose both games in Boston. I think they steal their their home game, a game three at home, and I just think Boston takes over from there. So we're gonna do a bracket together. Like we're gonna have to like there's gonna be some that we're gonna have to agree on yep. that we disagree on. So that's that's gonna be an interesting discussion. I'm gonna go with you here. I'm gonna go Boston. Um I'm gonna go Boston six. I, I think um the Leafs won't. The, the, they won't lose in Boston for Game Seven. They'll lose at home. They lose in front of the fans. Oh, that'd be terrible. And um, yeah, brutal. Again, I hope I'm wrong, and we could be wrong. But a lot of the things we've discussed in this it's opening just, segment, just, uh, yeah. there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs. If Anderson is perfect, like if Anderson's good, if Kadri's the X factor, if Nylander can produce, if Matthews can be the dominant player we know he is. A lot of ifs. We know the Bruins are going to be pain in the a pain in the ass. We know Marchand's going to lick someone or do something to throw the Leafs off their game. We know Bergeron's going to be the regular Bergeron. We know Chara has a long reach and is going to, um, you know, he's going to have effective minutes and he's going to he's going to make us mad. He's going to be physical. We know these things about the Bruins. There's more guarantees about the Bruins mm-hmm. than I feel there are about the Leafs right now. And that's yeah. why I'm taking the Boston Bruins. There's too many question marks with the Leafs right now. There's, like you said, there's, there's plenty of certainties with Boston and there's too many question marks with the Leafs to be able to pick them. So we agree on that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, we'll, we'll follow the path. Um, we'll follow the path on, in terms of uh, who's going to meet up with who. Uh, for the for the second round, so let's just go. I mean, the winner of the Leafs Boston would face the winner of Tampa Columbus. Let's go with Tampa Columbus. This, like I, I mentioned this earlier, this is not like this is not going to be an easy series for Tampa. I think Columbus is getting hot at the right time. Um, I think that they made a lot. Of, they went. They pretty much went all in. Yeah, they did. At the deadline. And they got they got some players on that team. Bobrovsky all of a sudden is looking like the old Vesna Bobrovsky. All right, we have John we have um John Tortorella facing his former team in Tampa. You got that story you got that story to it too. That added element. I'm going to go Tampa 
just because they give me no reason to believe that um, they're they're going to flake out and, and and not show up when they've been showing up for all 82 games. But I'm going to go Tampa and seven. I think it's going to be a closer wow. series wow. than what a lot of people think. So I'm going to go Tampa to win, but I'm going to go Tampa and seven. I think it's it's the people are going to be very. That's going to like I w- I am going to watch that series. They both can run and gun. Like they both can play fast paced hockey. How about you? Well, I said earlier I'm taking Tampa to win the cup. Yeah, so, so you're going to go with yeah. Tampa. Yeah, so we can agree. On um, that. And I I think they're going to win in six. In six. Yeah. Okay, so you said um, you said Boston is going to win four one. I said Boston's going to do four, win four two in the series, and I said uh, Tampa um, Tampa in seven, and you're saying Tampa in six. In six. Okay. Next up, we got the Capitals. Against your favorite team, the Carolina Hurricanes. I saw I saw the Capitals uh, post in their Instagram saying that it's the Caps versus the Jerks. The Caps versus love the Jerks. It. I love it. That's what. Yeah, the Caps versus. Shout the out jerks. to Brian G. His favorite team made the playoffs. The second favorite team, I should say, in the Jerks. The Jerks are stopping the uh, the whole post game celebration. Finally. Well, they stopped it during the season, but I told you it's because they don't want to do this in the playoffs. They don't want to put. They don't want to piss off teams in the playoffs. I told you. Why else would they? Why else would they stop this? Why not roll with it? Because they know it's not a classy thing to do. I know you're going to argue me on that. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to say I'm going to agree with you, but I think that they're not going to get a chance to celebrate because I'm picking the Capitals to sweep them. Okay. So I'm taking the Capitals in four. Capitals to sweep. The Capitals are. are are hot again. They're looking. They're looking like they're in Stanley Cup form again from last year. So I think they're just going to come up and just blow out a young Carolina team that had just doesn't have any experience at all. So it's going to be a quick one for them. I really like the Capitals. In uh, you know, I, 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 for me, the Capitals. I've never been more confident in a Cup champion. To, to re- potentially to repeat. not to repeat, but potentially do some damage and have a have a second run at it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I felt confident in, in Pittsburgh when they did it, but you know, Washington for the longest time, they always had that idea that they couldn't win or that reputation they couldn't win the big game. I like the the makeup of their team. I like that they have the ability to score and play a physical game. I like Braden Holpe. I like the Capitals to win that series in six. So I'm taking the Capitals as well. You took him in how many games? Four. You took him in four. You're going four sweep, sweep, right? Yep. I'm gonna go in six just because I think Carolina's hot too, and um, as a hot team, I'm gonna give him a couple games. They also got some playoff experience on the team with uh, Justin Williams. Um, they got they got a decent hockey club. I'll give. I don't like the whole you know goal the um, goal celebration not the goal celebration the. Uh, the win celebration. I don't, like all that. I don't like I don't like that. But I, I like. I, I do like. Fan of I do like Carolina where they're trending at, trending as a team. I don't like them to beat the Capitals. I like the Capitals in that series as well. So far, we're like we're three for three for agreeing with each other. Um, so next series is the New York Islanders versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who 
Who you got? This one's a tough one. This is a tough one. I'd say out of out of most of the most of the series in the first in the first round series here, this is one of the toughest picks that I had to make. Um, I'm just gonna go solely with the Crosby factor, and I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. But I think Pittsburgh wins in seven. Pittsburgh in seven. Yeah, they have the experience. They still have most of their cup team intact. Um, and yeah, I just I just think that that experience alone, and it, let's face it, Sidney Crosby is a savage in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that factor alone is gonna is gonna help them. They've struggled. They struggled for most of the year, um, but I think that that experience and having one of the still one of the best players in the world is gonna just take them over the top. So I'm I'm still taking Pittsburgh, but it's gonna be in seven. It's really hard not to go with Pittsburgh. I'm struggling with this one too. Um, I, I'm really struggling with this one, but the Islanders have home ice, do they not? Uh, yes. They have home ice. Penguins are usually a good road team. I don't know how they. I don't know how they were on the road this year, but anytime you got Malkin and Crosby and the resume they got, I can't go. I can't go against them, especially against a team who is just finding their way back to the dance. Um, I think Pittsburgh. I'm going to take them in seven as well. Pittsburgh in seven. So we went four for four on our East picks. Do you want to move on to the West? Move on to the Western Conference. Yep. Yeah, let's pick the first round. Let's pick the first round. So, just to clarify, we took Boston. We we both took Boston. I took them in six. You took them in five. Um, we both took Tampa. I took them in seven. You took them in six. Both took the Capitals. You picked the Capitals to sweep. I took them in six against the uh, Hurricanes. And then we both picked the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in seven. All right. So, uh, besides the series, I mean, obviously besides the Leafs series, um, the Calgary and Colorado series is probably going to be the one I watch the most besides the Leafs Bruins. Because I just feel like there's so much... I feel like there's gonna be a lot of open hot, open ice in this series. I think you're gonna see some really high scoring, high scoring games. Right. They both got some very explosive players on their team, so I, th- I think you're gonna see some, some very high scoring games. I'd take the over in every game in that in that series if yeah. I was a betting man, which I, I am unfortunately. This just looks like it's gonna be a fun series. Yeah. You got you know you got you got um, Gabriel Landeskog, you got Miko Rantanen. You got Nathan McKinnon. There's like a star-studded uh, offense in Colorado against a very deep Calgary team. I'm not sure where you're heading with this, but if Calgary's goaltending can be what it is, um, if it can stay somewhat consistent, if Mike Smith um, can be the, the Mike Smith that we know he is, I think Calgary's too deep to lose to the Colorado Avalanche. Even though I would love to pick Colorado as an upset, I think Calgary's too deep. Calgary, or uh, the score has uh, David Retique slated to start instead of Mike Smith. And his numbers aren't too bad either. He's, he was 27, 9, and 5 this yeah, year. Yeah, which is very good. So Incredible. I don't know, like, Mike Smith, when playing, he's a good goalie. The, and, and the reason I'd pick Colorado is if, if they didn't have, what's his name, Retique? Yeah. If they didn't have Ratik in goal, and he wasn't 27-9-5, then I might go towards Colorado because I'd say, okay, maybe there's a bit of um, 
inconsistency in net here. Maybe the goaltending is going to kind of let Calgary down. But those numbers make me feel like they have two capable goalies, something maybe the Leafs don't have. If Anderson went down, you're not going to rely on Hutch to win a series. Um, Calgary has two capable capable goalies. Washington kind of proved they needed that last year with Grubauer and Holpe. I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the Calgary Flames. How about you? I'm not, I'm going to take the Calgary Flames in seven. I'm going to take the Flames in six. Taking the Flames in six? Yeah. Are we ever going to disagree on one? Maybe. I think these next few series we might. We we might, might eh? But, uh, yeah, Calgary, you know, surprise team. They came in and just had an incredible second half of the season. Ended up finishing first in the West, which is mind-blowing. I yeah. just... They announced it on April Fool April Fool's Day that the the Flames were first in the West, and just, I literally thought it was an April Fool's joke. Yeah, they completely blew me away because you don't really pay attention too much to the West, especially being here. Yeah, but I mean, it is good to see they're they're you know another Canadian team that just came on over and is doing well. So, I mean, you, you, really you do want to kind of lean towards the Canadian teams, which is good. So it's good to see that they're they're back in the playoffs. See, they have some dynamite players. Yeah, so they they, they, they turn yeah. things around. The Calgary Flames. Yeah. kudos to them. Uh, next, San Jose against the Vegas Golden Knights. San Jose and the Leafs are on a very similar trajectory right now with how they finish the season. Both don't seem like they can defend in their own zone. Um, Calgary, or sorry, not Calgary. San Jose is looking like they're they're really struggling. A lot of this, honestly, a lot of the same struggles the Leafs have had mm-hmm. in terms of the power play and uh, defensive um, defensive coverage. I think Vegas is uh, the hungrier team. And I think in this case, they got some playoff experience from last year. Um, It's Vegas, baby. I'm going with Vegas. Just because I like like their consistency in the second half of the season. I feel like they're the hotter team going to the playoffs. And I I, I feel like they, um, they improved on their team from last year. I think it took a while for them to get going again. Um, I think if Carlson can get back, I think he's out. Is he out with an injury? I didn't see him on the injury report. He, I okay. know he was hurt a bit. I, I think he might be back. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Fine. I like the team. Back. I think overall their roster is better than last year. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to lie. I don't watch many Vegas Golden Knights games, but I know Marc-Andre Fleury is a hell of a goaltender. And um, I, li- I, think they, I think they'll take the, the San Jose Sharks in, in six games. You? This series was was probably the closest series. Um, it's definitely one of the, one of the closer series in in the playoffs. But uh, I struggled to make my pick on this because they're they're really even teams. Um, you can go against they, me. They made a they made a lot of changes. I mean, both teams as well, and made some big some big uh, big trades leading up to this too. But um, I'm gonna lean towards San Jose. Wow. I'm gonna take San Jose in seven. I think it's going to go all the way. I think it's going to be a really good series. I think you're going to see a really physical series for both wow. teams. They got some big boys on on both those lineups, um, and I think it's going to come down to how well their stars just play. I think it's just going to be, you know, Brett Burns and uh, you know the Pavelskis against the Mark Stones and and the Paul Stasny's and, and Pacioretty's and then. Like you said, Mark Andre Fleury. It's gonna be a really good goalie duel. Yeah. Him and Martin Jones. So it's a very even series. Really tough to pick. It could go either way. But yeah. I think I'm just gonna to lean towards San Jose. Why don't we do experience. this? Since now we finally have something different in our bracket, 
Why don't we just go through the first round today, and then we'll post our brackets online. We'll, we'll fill out our brackets. Obviously, you have, you'll have San Jose in this category. I'll have uh, the Golden Knights. Yep. We'll post our brackets online so people can see what our picks are, and then we can kind of talk about them and justify yeah. them um, as we go throughout the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. And if you, uh, you know, if you want to have some input or if you disagree with any of our picks, then you know, definitely feel free to comment. Um, if you agree with most of them, throw us a like, subscribe. You know, we'd definitely love to, to discuss some of our picks with you, uh, you know, over our social media too. So we'll have our post up uh, either shortly after or even tomorrow. And yeah, definitely comment and, and like our picks. And a reminder, you can search us on Instagram, purposely underscore offside. Um, follow us on Twitter. PO Sport at PO Sports Talk. Just type in purposely offside in the uh, in the search bar there. Email us any questions, um, anything you want us to talk about. DM us. Um, reminder: our email purposelyoffside at gmail dot com. Um, anything you guys want us to discuss, send us a message. Slide into our DMs. Uh, it's all good, man. Um, so we'd be happy to discuss anything you guys want us to. Um, but yeah, let us know how you feel about some of our picks and let us know how you feel about some of the things we talk about. We're not done yet with the picks, though. We got Nashville versus Dallas. Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Like I, <laughs> It's an easy one. I like Dallas, but Nashville is too tough of a hockey team. Like, when the Leafs play Nashville, the Leafs get, like, what, 15 shots on... Like, you can't penetrate Nashville. Yeah. Right? Like, Nashville in yeah. five. I'm taking Nashville in five. I'm taking the sweep. Wow. I think Nashville's going to sweep Dallas in four. They're just too deep of a team compared to Dallas. Um, they have one of the best goalies in the league. Again, similar to Tampa, they're a team that's built and, and ready to, to win a cup. So I, I just think they're way too deep for Dallas. I just think outside of that first line, the you know the Sagan, Radulov, and uh, Ben line, I think they 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 there's no way they stack up against uh, Nashville. It's going to be a quick one for them. Yeah, I don't know if we disrespected Dallas there, but um, I don't think they're a bad hockey team. I just think Nashville's a bad matchup for yeah, them. A horrible matchup. They're way too like I said. They're way too deep. Yeah. Okay, the Jets against the Blues. Tough one. Love me some Canadian teams, but I, I got the Blues in this one. Really? Yeah. The Blues are... Is that the, an upset pick? That's an upset pick. I don't think it's much of an upset because I think they're actually the better team in the second half wow. of the season. I've uh, The Blues were a disaster. Yeah, they're horrible. At the beginning of the year. And something, like, something happened, something clicked with this team, and they never looked back. And the Jets are trending in the wrong direction going into the playoffs. Um, I personally, for me, it's the reason why I picked the Bruins. I see a lot of merit. I see a lot of, um, yeah, I see a lot of merit in teams getting hot going into the playoffs. And the Blues, um, we know we all know they can play a heavy game, but they got that, they got them skilled players as well. They got guys who can slant. They got Tarasenko. They got O'Reilly, um, and they're riding that hot goaltender in Bennington. Who knows if he's going to be able to perform in the playoffs? Matt Murray did. Mm-hmm. Why can't uh, why can't Bennington do it? So I'm going to take the St. Louis Blues to win, um, and I'm going to take them to win in six. Blues in six. I don't I don't like the way it, it hurts me because I I do like Canadian teams and Winnipeg's one hell of a team. Mm-hmm. I just think like 
where's Line been all year? Like, where's yeah. uh, like Shifley's obviously been there, the most consistent player, but Blake Wheeler's been consistent. But overall, this team is. Um, has not done well in the second half of the season, has not done well specifically in the last month and a half of the season. And I think when you're facing a team like St. Louis, who just got, they got it right. And they're, they're a much more motivated team right now. So I'm going to take the hungrier term team. I'm going to take the blues. Okay. I'm going to take Winnipeg. Okay. And I'm going to take him in seven. A peg and seven. I just think that one again, home ice favors them. Um, I also feel like they're they're really gutted after that that playoff loss last year against Vegas. Um, so I think that they're gonna they're a team that can really turn it on. They have that that veteran leadership. You know, Blake Wheeler. You know, guys like Bufflin. They still got great goaltending. You said Paul Maurice, a good coach. I think they're they're going to be out for vengeance this year after this uh, that last playoff loss. So I think they're going to come out and it's going to be a struggle. Like you said, they're both really even teams. This is going to be another really really physical matchup. Um, yeah, a lot of big boys on both teams. They're they're going to be um, you know really gunning for each other this year, evenly matched. Um, both have very similar playing style and and very similar teams. But I think in the end, the Jets uh, and their sort of revenge from last year, I think they're going to come out and win. So, reviewing the picks, again, we were going to go through all of them. Um, but just for time's sake, um, we're, we're going to post our picks on social media. We'll discuss them on our next podcast. But we got our first, we got our first round picks. We have Boston beating the Leafs. We have Tampa beating Columbus. We have the Capitals beating Carolina. We have Pittsburgh beating the Islanders. We have Calgary beating Colorado. We have, uh, I have the Knights beating San Jose. Uh, Jordan has San Jose beating the Knights. Um, I have, or we both have, sorry, Nashville beating Dallas. And then I have the Blues in six. Um, and Jordan's taking uh, the Winnipeg Jets in seven. So that concludes our uh, picks for the first round. Um, let us know what you're picking too. Like Jordan said, let us know. Um... We are, we've been talking a lot about um, you know, the Leafs. We've been talking a lot about the playoffs. Uh, and, and the best thing about this time of year is that it's not just um, hockey playoffs. And we're, we're getting fired up for some basketball as well. Um, we're not going to go too far into the Raptors today. Uh, but let's just acknowledge the fact that they are having one hell of a year. Uh, we've talked about that on previous shows, but let's also acknowledge that there's not just like, I know we're very hockey based so far. That seems the way that we've trended the show. Uh, we talk a lot of Leafs, but I mean, for the right reason, people want to hear it, but Raptors, let's, let's no, let's show no disrespect to them. This could be the most successful Toronto team in the postseason in 2019. What do you think? Well, it's definitely been the most successful regular season team. Um, there's, this is a big year. I mean, it's a big year for the NBA too. Like, like I said, uh, past prior, or prior podcast too. A LeBron-less playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see these storylines because I like how they have. There's a there's a lot of youth that's coming up in the league. Um, the narratives are going to be different. The matchups are going to be very even. 
Um, I think you're going to see a lot of parity in these playoffs this year. And like I said before, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be anyone's anyone's championship this year. I think I, I re- I'm really not set on Golden State still. I know they're they're starting to heat up and 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 get ready for that. But like I said, I think it's anyone's ballgame. If you make the playoffs this year, I think you can. I think any team can make a run, no matter if in the East or West. Going back to the Raptors, um, I think they're prepared. I think they will be ready. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm buckling up for a deep run. I think everyone is. Here's all I'm going to say. We'll, we're going to conclude the Raptors really quickly. Sorry, Raptors. But we'll get into you guys a little more when you have, um, you know, when you guys got the series going on. We need the playoffs to be set, too. They don't even know who they're we don't, playing. Yeah, we don't know who they're round. playing yet. Yeah, we, we, and it's, well, isn't that the beauty of a playoff format that goes one to eight, two to seven, three to yeah. six? I, NHL, get back to that. Because although I, I mean, although I do like some of the matchups in the NHL, and although I hate facing the Bruins, I think it is an intriguing matchup. Get back to the way the NBA did it and the way you used to do it. It was the right way. Um, and I, I like not being able to know the matchups sometimes until the last game of the season. I think it's really that's I think that's really exciting. Last game for the Raptors is tomorrow night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, again, a, a lot more on the line than maybe we might think. Um, Nick Nurse came out with a comment yesterday saying, actually not saying this, but just pointing out, just pointing out that, hey guys, uh, if you take a look at the standings, uh, the Raptors are actually ahead of the Golden State Warriors. Why does that matter? Well, I think if you're the Raptors, this is a team that's gunning for the NBA Finals. The team that we already know, I don't have to fill in a bracket or anything. I'm taking the Golden State Warriors to go to the, to go back to the championship, right? Um, this is a team that you might, you're probably going to fa- face probably 99%. You're going to face the Golden State Warriors in the championship if you can wrap up home court advantage against the Golden State Warriors. Maybe that increases your chances a little bit. It's still Mount Everest. But maybe that uh, maybe that increases your chances a little bit. The fact that Nick Nurse even pointed that out, I think, um, shows that he's saying all the right things. It shows that we've gone from talking about, oh my God, do we have a shot to beat LeBron James, to, oh my God, can we get home court against the Golden State Warriors? And that's growth, that's confidence, confidence. and. Uh, Believe. That shows that the Raptors are in the absolute right mindset. A lot of belief forward. with them now. There's a lot of belief. There's no question that they've gone from a team where oh, let, let's let's win a round and see where it goes. Like like where we're at with the Leafs right now. They're they're at a they're looking way past that now. Yeah, and it's good. It's good to see. It's good. It's good for the Raptors fan base too. It shows a lot of a lot of confidence in them too. And you know, there's some some. Big goals and a lot of success. When you got a guy like Kawhi Leonard on your team, you, you got to go for it. Just go for it. We have, like we mentioned this last podcast, I believe we have a chance to resign Kawhi. Zone in. Let's see who we're facing after Wednesday. And let's go get it. Toronto has a chance to do some damage in the playoffs this year, not just in hockey, but we can make some headway in basketball. And that's really, really exciting. If you have not been keeping up with any baseball, um, you haven't been missing out on much because the Jays suck. <laughs> we're not going. To go, we're not going to go into much, but the Jays actually made some history over the weekend. Um, first time in franchise history that the Blue Jays struck out 13 times in four consecutive games. 
Um, they also had 57 strikeouts against the Cleveland Indians this past weekend, um, which was um, the second most in franchise history. So things are not going well for the Jays. Um, really nothing to talk about until later on in the season when Vladdy comes. Um, but just to acknowledge how crap they are right now um, is pretty much all we need to acknowledge because, I don't know, the product they're putting on the field is not, you know, enough for us to talk about. Um, I don't think that we deserve or they deserve to be talked about, you know, because they are putting a pathetic team on the field. Do I think this is a good long run? Absolutely. Um, do you want to say anything about the Jays? Um, well, I think if you're ever going to go through a rebuild, I think this is the perfect time because you, you have zero spotlight on you. Um, I think I, I mentioned it a bit earlier to somebody, and I said that I think you might see, depending on how deep the Leafs and the Raptors go in the playoffs, I think you're going to see potentially an an average attendance of under 10,000 fans yeah. for the Jays. I think last week, it was last week or was a couple weeks ago, they had 10,000 fans at the game. I think it was a Monday game, one of the games against Baltimore. And, yeah, I, th- I think it's just going to be a really long season. When the dome opens, sun's, you know, sun's out, guns out. I even heard beers, that there's starting, $5 beers. Yeah. Like, there's going to get be a little more of attendance on those weekend games, but I think you're right. For the most part, this is going to be a pretty painful it's gonna attendance. Be, it's going to be a horrible year. If you're, if you're only a Jays fan or you're a baseball fan in Toronto, it's going to be a really long ride because it, it doesn't look good. They traded Pilar last week. Yeah. You know, there's no no telling when these high-end prospects like Vladdy and Bo are going to make their make their debuts, but it's it's not looking good, which is unfortunate because they have they have had some pretty decent pitching. They have, yeah. But and like Stroman bats, pitched a great game, no support, Sanchez like no run support. Isn't good. Um, these, some of these younger guys have been has been showing their arms, but it's just unfortunate that they have to come across this this rebuild now because their their bats are just they're horrible. I've already gone longer than I wanted to go in the Jays, but I think why I'm so bitter about the Blue Jays is because this rebuild was supposed to happen last year. But then you had Ross Atkins coming out and saying, oh, we, we owe the fans one more year of Donaldson. We owe the fans one more year of being competitive. Dude, you guys still stunk. You are horrible last year. Horrible. And, the, and the, the Red Sox and the Yankees were obviously trending up, right? Signing players left, right, and center. Chris Sale to Boston. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees. You were obviously going to... Obviously, we are going to make the playoffs last year. Why didn't you blow it up last year? That's what kind of made me mad. And that, that's why I'm a bit bitter on the Jays sh- that, um, right now is because I... I don't like the mentality of Ross Atkins and, and Mark Shapiro. I feel like they're those guys that they, they want to buy low, sell high, and then eventually when these guys even come to fruition, like Vladdy, like Bo, as soon as the big contract's up, they're probably going to ship them off to another team. And until I see that they're really committed, um, I'm okay with the rebuild. I think it's a year late, but until I see that they're committed to paying guys, because Rodgers can certainly afford to pay guys, 
as soon as I see it, they're committed to paying guys, especially these homegrown homegrown superstars that they have. Um, then I'll get back on their train a little bit. It doesn't mean we won't talk Jays in this show, but it just means I'm a little bitter on 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 the path they're taking right now, um, and the path that maybe they should have taken um, last year, and that was a full rebuild a full rebuild starting then. Anything else with the Jays? Um, nope, not until uh, unless you want to get into our. Three stars or two yeah. stars at least. So we usually conclude uh, the show uh, with three stars. It's a segment we started last week. Uh, maybe we'll get some. Uh, maybe we'll get some music for this segment uh, next week. Next week, not not now. Um, like I said, we add something to this show every week. Um. So yeah, let's let's do our three stars. Obviously, uh, Mr. Brian's not here with us today. Um, couldn't make it. Um, he's getting married. Uh, coming up in June. So a couple of months. Midnight. Hey, shout out to Brian. Bright Eye, Bright Eye 2019. Um, so I get it. You know, it's, I just, I just had a wedding in March. There's a lot of playing that has to go into it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're on those honeydew duties. And, um, yeah, life gets busy, especially when you're planning a wedding. Um, so Bright Eye couldn't be, not Bright Eye, Bri couldn't be with us um, tonight. But we know he's listening. We know he's going to listen. Um, so he can't give us a star, so we'll compensate. We'll compensate for a star again. We'll give, we'll, we'll give him a star. We probably know who he's going to pick. We know who he's going to pick. Um, so who do you want to like, go with? Like, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so just uh, to go back to the atrocious Toronto Blue Jays, um, there was a bit of a well, not to say a bit. There was a, a bright spot in the the Leafs, or excuse me, the Jays last week. I'm going to go with um, my, my star of the week or my beauty of the week is Trent Thornton, and you know for for him, who's Trent Thornton? Trent a lot, Thornton. Because when you told me this pick, I didn't even know who Trent. Thornton I was. had no idea who Trent Thornton was until the beginning of this year. But you know, I've seen a lot of articles saying that this guy could be. Uh, you know, a big up and coming arm and a good starter for them for for a while now. So, last week he had his first two starts with the Jays. I think he's 25 years old. He's a rookie with the team. I think he's drafted by them. Uh, his first start, he broke the Blue Jays franchise record for most strikeouts in a debut. He had eight strikeouts uh, in his first game, and then he followed that up with uh, breaking a Blue Jays legend. Blue Jays legend record in Doc Halliday. Um, he ha- now has the, the Blue Jays record for most strikeouts in your first two starts uh, as a Blue Jay. I think he had uh, 15. So my, my beauty of the week is Trent Thornton. Good on you. You're going to be a bright spot for the Blue Jays this year because, like we mentioned, there's not going to be a lot to talk about with them for this year. So yeah, it's good a- on you, Trent Thornton. Good pick. I'm... Uh- me and you are both going to agree with this, and I think Brian would have taken would have taken this guy anyway. Corey Connors uh, wins the Valero yesterday. Beauty, big wins, win. Yeah, fifteenth uh, Canadian to win a PGA Tour um, tournament. Uh, so obviously, Interesting yeah, story. obviously making a little bit a uh, little bit of history um, by winning. He also enters himself with that win into the Masters next week. Um, which we should. We, I wanted to get into a little bit of the Masters. Maybe we'll talk about. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that um, in our in our next podcast. Uh, but Corey Connors just doing work yesterday. Um, the camera was also on his wife the whole time. She was 
like she was really nervous. Um, but obviously she just had a, a huge sigh of relief. Um, you know, obviously when he won, but he was nailing putts. Yeah, he was done. Like he was, like Culver Connors was nailing putts yesterday, and he had to because um, it was really, he, I mean, he had to sink those putts. Um, and he had, he had to one putt essentially to keep that, you know, to keep the lead that he had or to, uh, or to win that tournament because there was a lot of guys that were chasing him. Uh, what did he win at? Was it minus 18? He was a minus 20. I think. Oh, he was a minus 20. Yeah. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he was one putting like a champ. So Corey Connors, Canadian, um, wins the Valero Texas Open uh, and gets into the Masters next week, which um, is always exciting. Best time of year, man. Playoffs, the Masters. Third star, I think, you know, I'm going to cross this one out. I was originally going to go with him. Okay, I'm going to cross him out for now. I think there's going to be – I'm going to cross him out now because I feel like we can always come back to this guy. And we got to end it with this guy. we got to end it with, with Bob Cole. Uh, Bob Cole, third star of the week. Probably should be our first star of the week, to be honest. Should be all three. It's all – yeah, he should be all three. But when's the, when's the first time you – like you listened to Bob Cole. Um, it's got to be those early 2000 Leafs playoffs. Yeah. The Ottawa series. That, that was about the time where you just start getting old enough where you start watching sports and, you know, really getting into hockey because, um, you know, you're, you're a young kid. But, yeah, one of the more memorable calls, too, is definitely, definitely Bob Cole calling the Leafs playoffs. That's for sure. Leafs playoffs, the big Saturday night games, um, just like the older generation grew up with Foster Hewitt. We grew up with Bob Cole. Just unbelievable. The older generation grew up with Bob Cole too. He's been around forever. Forever. Yeah, forever. That, that's 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 true. You know, like <laughs> but Bob Cole, Harry Neal back in the day. That's what we grew up with, right? And just like the way he can call a game. Two of my favorites are Bob Cole and uh, Joe Bowen. But the way uh, Bob Cole is that Saturday night voice. Right, he was just like, it's like he was in your living room calling the game. It was awesome, and you know, you mentioned um, you mentioned Ottawa, and the call he had against Ottawa. How about this call on uh, uh, Leaf Senators Matt Sundin winner BD bar down. Just, uh, just legendary stuff by, um, by a legend, and uh, obviously he's he's going to be missed, greatly missed. He's gonna, he's going to be missed. Like he's um, he, he's he's my childhood growing up watching Saturday Night Hockey with my with my parents. Like that's that's uh, that's Bob Cole. Um, yeah, that's our three stars: Trent Thornton, Corey Connors. I had another one. I'm not going to tell you guys who it is just yet, but um, I thought Bob. I mean Bob Cole. I'm disappointed to even think about him as, as my first choice. Should have been my first choice. Should have been all three stars. Um, so congratulations on a great career. And, uh, and yeah, just, uh, just incredible. Just incredible. So, guys, playoffs. It's here. Playoffs. It's here. It's here. Best time of the year. Merry Christmas to us if you're a sports fan because that's kind of what 
this is right now. It's Christmas for sports fans. All right? We're out here on purpose, the offside. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Enjoy. Enjoy.